I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Greg, and Andy, Jimmy, and JC. All we know and all we talk about is booty, it's time to get this party started tonight. You're listening to Footy Prime News and Dubs, your one-stop destination for footy news and dubs. Yeah, that's Amy Walsh. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. She's got like a pirate pirate sweater. Oh, frilly. Okay. And- oh, that's like Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> this is my Buffy it's shirt. A, it's a knitty Buffy shirt. Buffy shirt. <laughs> You liar! I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Amy, if anyone can wear a puffy shirt on this on this podcast, is you. Oh, thanks. And, and then Jimmy. It's going to be a big show today, though, I think. Are we recording? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, here we are. They see that, that big uh, red box in the corner there saying live? Yes. That means we're recording. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, Mark Noonan, CPL Commissioner, CSB CEO, joining us later in today's show. Should be interesting. Craig just jumps up, and now we know that Craig doesn't wear pants when he's doing the podcast. I don't think we really needed confirmation. No, that's true. It was a pretty good guess, though, wasn't it? Oh boy! Well, Craig, back. Yeah, he's back, and last the last we saw Craig on our platform recording was his ham and eggs as he turned around. Do you remember that? No, uh, we didn't need to see his ham and eggs at the back end. It's recorded. It, it would be going like this could be some some blackmail opportunity. It'll come come <laughs> useful at some point anyway. More like pink mail. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Greg. So, how was the, the big show? We spoke to you obviously before. You're, you're on your way out to catch the bus. You got the bus, obviously. From what we saw from the footage, looked great. You had some pretty big names out there. How, how did you enjoy it? It was really good. Uh, it was surprisingly cold. I don't know if it was 10 degrees. It was really chilly. It caught everybody by surprise. That was not what it was supposed to be like. Um, but all in all, the event was uh, was really, really interesting. All you know, the presidents from everywhere 
were there, obviously Canada, U.S., Mexico, and former presidents. Um, Jason DeVos was down there as interim general head and secretary. He looks a little bit overwhelmed at the moment by what's hitting him all over the head. Uh, but Peter Montalpe is going to try to ease the pain, I think, for Jason a bit moving into that because Peter's Peter's a great man and uh, he's going to try to make sure these guys are successful in what they do. So all in all, being part of that, it seems like we switched, you know, you know, turned the page and it's just like, whoa, now it feels kind of real all of a sudden. That's so uh, that's that's kind of interesting. And that's obviously what the intent of the event was because they didn't pull any punches as far as spending money. Who are you yeah, most no. excited to see? Um, Owen Wilson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> does, he, does, he, does he talk like he does in the movies? Does he talk the way he does in the movies? That's a bad yeah. impression. Sorry, that's a really bad impression. Yeah. But like, is, that, is that how he talks? He's, he's got a great voice, Owen Wilson. He's got a good voice. A recognizable, a recognizable voice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Memorable. Who are you talking uh, about? Ronaldo uh, was there, obviously. Oh, he showed up. Hmm. Eating chips. Yeah. Eating chips and <laughs> his green stuff. So, yeah, so Ronaldo was there, like the real one, the original one. Um, and but what was more impressive, and I know, know Amy got a little bit starstruck just by watching, seeing the picture of you and you and Danny from uh Ted Lasso. Oh, life. Nice guy, he, he was, he annoys me, of course, he does. Why, Jimmy? Why does he annoy you? Why does Danny, the nicest guy in that room outside the uh, he just shows up and you're like, oh, he annoys me, <laughs> he does. That character just annoys me. Football is, happy. is there any, any teammate of yours that you can compare to Danny? I don't think so, no. Amy? Do we have Amy, anybody Amy, like Amy? Danny Forrest? Who's banging around? Wait a second. Who's Who banging around? Is? is that you, Jimmy? No, look, I'm cleaning my no, glasses. You are. Was it? Amy. What's going on? There was like someone smashing smashing little rubber fingers together or something. You know those little rubber fingers? <laughs> no. To turn pages like librarian sticky in fingers. Like 1986? <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Why don't you like Dan, Jimmy? What's the deal? I just don't like his character. He bugs the hell out. Hello. I hear. Hey. Good morning. Can you guys hear that? Yeah. Oh, mom, you're on Footy Prime. Hi, Footy Prime. How are you doing? <laughs> We're doing good. So, thanks. I thought your I had son, my mic on, on mute. I apologize. Your son's beloved, by the way. Your son is the best dude I've ever met in my life. Okay. okay. I'll call you later, mom. Love you. Bye. 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 Mom. Sorry, guys. Man. This is free prime encapsulated right now. We're, we're going in a million directions, including JC's mum calling in. <laughs> so back to the question that we're posing here. Jimmy, what, what is it about the character you dislike so much? It just, it just annoys me. He really annoys me. He just plays that stupid role, you know, bubbly all the time. Football is life. And I don't It's the one character that drives me nuts. You know, on all shows, there's always one character that drives you crazy. So much for getting him on the show, I guess. <laughs> well, I'll counter that with, I love him. I think he's great. And I think there's always somebody on your team who's that. Maybe not like a 10 on 10, like always positive like he is. But there's always somebody who, despite results, despite what's going on with their own personal playing time or their role in the squad, is always effervescent and bubbly. It's not there's Jimmy. We know that. that. There's nobody that's ever like that Danny guy. There's no like, way anybody's like, ever played with anybody like that guy. He would drive you mental in a dressing room. Everybody loves him. Ronaldo wanted a picture with him. Him and him and Campos were having pictures with him. That's amazing. 
They didn't Did Danny know who Ronaldo was? Is he a football fan in, in real life or just an actor? Yes. Yeah. Big time. Big time. Absolutely. Well, it, it begs the question, Amy, who was your bubbly? Who was yeah. your bubbly teammate? I'm, was that? I'm was trying Danny? to think of, of who it would have been. Um, the person who comes to mind who wasn't exactly Danny, but who's always positive, but in a slightly more muted way, was Amy Vermeulen. So she's, Evan called her Amy V. And so then she called me Amy Double V. <laughs> and um, which I always thought was funny. Clearly you guys didn't. <laughs> but she was, she was just always, <laughs> oh, got it always just even keel, no matter what happened. And always not the, the loudest or the brightest and screaming football is life, but just you always knew that she'd be smiling and could be there for a little like subtle quick word in your ear to, to pick you up. And there's always somebody like that. It's not necessarily going to be like right in your face, but there's always someone who's, who's that positivity, right? It's like charms. Yeah, precisely. I'm, I'm definitely the Danny of this podcast. I just like that. Amy got in, (laughs) Amy, if Amy got in and this was quoted, it would be Amy Vermillion, not the brightest. Yes, I heard oh, that too. Yeah. Wait a minute. That's not very nice. <laughs> no, so let's she's, just get she's this super straight. smart, and she also had a double scholarship. She went to Wisconsin for hockey and soccer. Wow. She made the oh, wrong wow. choice. Heck of very an good. athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. So when's Danny coming on the show? He's not now. No, he's, yeah, he's done. Why? He's going to go over it. So you're not there. You're like, yeah, I'll come on that show, but that Jimmy Brennan guy can't be there. Well, I'd ask questions. <laughs> why are you so goddamn bubbly all the time that's why you wouldn't be there you wouldn't why? be able to ask the questions because he would he t- might go, come on the show only if you weren't there yeah but then he might turn around and go i'll be honest with you i hate playing this bubbly fucking guy all the time it drives me nuts he could be like robin why. williams right for the cameras this effervescent crazy guy Correct. but deep down hiding a dark secret and had this dark passenger on his shoulder at all times ended up killing himself Oh, fucking hell, Charms. Well, I'm just saying, you open the door there. <laughs> Some of these, these, these characters, you know, people who are, you know, outwardly overly positive and, and rambunctious, and they, often they're hiding something. That's all I'm it's saying. It's like Modern Family. Was there the one guy, the, the ginger guy drove me nuts as well in it. Yeah. <laughs> Cam, his, his husband was much, uh, was much funnier, I found. Oh, he was hilarious. It's brilliant. Yeah. My yeah. oldest is rewatching all those shows now. They're great. Yeah. It's really funny. It's outstanding comedy. Who was, uh, okay, so we've gone through Danny, who was a Danny on your teammates. Who was Roy Kent? Did you have a Roy Kent? Just that belligerent, oh. angry, soul searching, but multi layered individual. Oh, there are lots, <laughs> lots of them. Lots of those ones. I think a prime one would be Paul Stall Terry. He just, oh. just sucked the life and soul out of you. Like, there's no tomorrow. <laughs> I sat just a couple of feet from him last week. Yeah. Took like a subtle photo. I was like, you guys, <laughs> Stolteri? Yeah. I could see Paul Stolteri being Roy Kent. Now you mentioned it 100%. Even yeah. looks a bit like him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The worst was when him and Marco Rutter were together. I, I couldn't hang out with them. They're like, come sit down. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> You're just sucking the life out of me. I can't. Marco was too. I thought he was pretty oh, positive. Oh, miserable. Really? Just miserable. He was always a great interview. Yeah. Then when you sat down with him in Stolly, oh, 
<laughs> they can drain you. Lovely <laughs> fellas, lovely guys. I grew up with them since I was like 10 years old, but. Okay, how, like great. how would these guys? Sorry, Sean. <laughs> it is a little bit, isn't it's it? It's like Jimmy airing of grievances, <laughs> don't you think? Yeah, he's woken up in a certain mood, hasn't he? That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, he has. He, he's wrong he's side of the bed. Jimmy Sharms this morning. <laughs> I know, normally I'm kind of bubbly. No, you're not. I don't know what it is today. You're not bubbly. You're not you might be the least bubbly person in the podcast, actually. I think I get a bad rap. Yeah. You're more miserable than me. I don't think so. I really don't. You created this image of me being miserable. It used to be Deech. Yeah. He was the miserable one, right? And you kind of put this label on me. I don't think it's true. I think you're, more, you're way more miserable. Go to a vote. Okay, mm. let's do it. Okay, it hands up if, if I am more miserable than Jimmy. Oh, oh you guys are Jimmy. a bunch of losers. Honestly, let it oh, show. Not no. only that, let it show that. Let it show that Jimmy voted for himself. The only person. <laughs> That's right. It's the only positive thing he's done so far today. No oh, kidding. Jeez. Jeez. Well, maybe you'll bounce back when we get to talk some CPO with Monk Noonan later on. Especially when we get to talk about York, you'll be feeling great about that. I'm sure. <laughs> um. Amy, like, so, so it's news and dubs, and we're talking on the dark web. And often I found over the years on this podcast, you know, the, the ex players will throw out something that to them is just normal, but to us, you know, fanboys, oh, holy crap, that's amazing. That story is incredible. And yeah. you just dropped on the dark web this week, oh, yeah, 2008 Olympics. Yeah, I, I was there and I watched the Messi dominance winning gold medal. I, I saw her the semi final and, and, and the final, and you got pictures of that match. And you just like just off the cuff mention it like it's nothing. Do you know what a big freaking deal that is? It's incredible. Yeah, well, and we, we knew it at the time. Like we saw the semifinal and the final. Like I don't even remember who they beat to win gold. But that was Messi's first like real hardware, right? Like his first real kind of medal, like something of significance. And he was still so young. It was kind of like really long hair floppy. And actually, we, we, we saw them around uh, the village. I didn't so much get the photos with them, but Robin Gale went around and she had photos with Ronaldinho and she had photos with Messi and she had photos with, um, God, who's the, the right back who played, who had like the big afro and he played right back for Real Madrid for so long. He just retired. Oh, Marcelo? Long ago. Marcelo. Yeah, with Marcelo. He was up like he was he had his eye on a couple of girls on a team and I ended up kicking him out of our <laughs> of our, <laughs> our dwelling. I was like, get get the fuck out of here. Like I wasn't very impressed with him. But um, but yeah, we uh, we that semifinal, I remember standing with hundreds, if not thousands, of fans trying to get in. I don't know if they blew it, they underestimated how many people were gonna be interested in coming to this match. But like I legitimately feared for my life there. I remember being next to Rian and, and Diana and like getting crushed and like pulling people up, like as the crowd surged towards the gate. Um, but then once we were in there, like, I think we knew what we were witnessing. So like, there's a couple of photos, even I don't know if I send it over, but Maradona was there. He was in the stands and, um, and like a couple of duels, like where actually Ronaldinho was, was going up against Messi. Like it was, it was an amazing game. And then they went through and then it was just a foregone conclusion that they were going to win gold. But that was like one of my favorite parts of that Olympics was obviously not getting eliminated. But then that week that we had after we got punted out of the tournament where we got to be part of that Canadian contingent and we had to, we got to be fans and we got to, 
see um, like track and field competitions and you got to see, uh, my God, my brain's not working. The fastest man alive. What's his name? Yes, you see Bolt. Just, Got just, to see him, like Kara and I sitting, um, like we had like trackside and watching him run and, and break a world record, like is insane. So like some of my coolest memories are are from that week that we had after we got eliminated. That and cock blocking all your friends from. <laughs> yeah, can we go oh, back yeah. to that? Thank you, Craig. Let's go back yeah. to that. So, Why would you do that? Yeah, like who is it? Who is he um, playing? Then? Oh, I'm not. Playing? I'm not naming names. Come on. You know what? Here's the no. thing, guys. Think about when someone is so negative. It was Amy. Yeah. No, Amy. Amy I hooked up with Marcello. Marcello, and she doesn't want to admit it. No, it was those guys <laughs> preying on younger women on our team who didn't they were know young better. Too. Who had stars in they their were eyes. Young. They had to be under 23. Yeah. Just kids, Marcella was back yeah, in those well, days. Well, I Amy. know, but you know, a, a guy who who is all above board, handed everything, women included. I guess I, that was, those I guess I was a bit mother hennish. Like, <laughs> get out of the bed! I want to hear. So, this is the best thing ever, though. You literally threw Marcello <laughs> out of a hotel room. Yeah, well, the, Did he the flop? like our our dormitory, basically, like our our common area. Did you Did ask you him for the jersey after you threw him out? Did I ask him for what? His jersey after you threw him out? No, I didn't want his autograph either. As he was like, no, no, no. And like trying to talk to me. And I was like, I know who you are. I don't want your autograph. Get the fuck out. <laughs> was he wearing I'll meet you in the car. But... I'll meet you in the small car in the back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. No. What a freaking. What's the word? T- uh, teetotaler. That's the wrong word. The party pooper. Having a good time. Yeah. But like, you know, you're the older player. You have to look out for, for the younger People in yeah, Marcello is eight out of ten, no. so ten out of ten. <laughs> like you see him as a ten out of ten. It would have been a ten out of ten if you let him in the room. <laughs> <laughs> as opposed, opposed to Ronaldinho. Yeah, he wasn't being pesty, Ronaldinho. We we didn't see him. No. No, it was more like walking to the to the food court, and you'd see him. Eating an apple through a tent. There was one time that we, we ran into to Rafa Nadal. <laughs> and he, it was Cara and somebody else, like like the good-looking girls on the team. And then he walked past. We're like, hey, Rafa, like, how are you? And like, just shook his hand. And then he said to his, uh, whoever, his compatriot, whoever he was walking with, and he was like, Canada. And he was like pretty oh. impressed with, <laughs> with and, the girls on our team. And then what, what did you do, Amy? Did you tell Rafa to get the hell out too? Yep, I said, move along, <laughs> keep it going. Jog <laughs> yeah, on, Rafa. Well, Kara ended up marrying a multimillionaire baseball player, didn't she? So she, she sure she, did. Yeah. Yep, three R- kids now. Living out Ricky Romero, right? He's still getting paid. I think he is. Yeah. yeah. Signed that big contracts, yeah? Then it all went wrong for him, didn't it? But they're, they're great stories, though. I love those Olympic stories. I mean, what is it like in that village? I mean, okay, we're fully prime here, so let's just be, you know, clear and obvious it sounds like a big fuck fest it, it is there's lots of condoms circulating yeah, yeah. i bet yeah lot, all, lots all of walks of shame as well getting healthy young good-looking people together <laughs> it's like freaking uh was, was it called one of those uh big brother no not big brother what's the island one you know the like one milf island <laughs> <laughs> Or like Fantasy Island or Love Island. Oh, that's the one. Love Island. Yeah, Love Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, sponsored by Durex. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure you've watched those. 
I have. Right. You made your way through below deck. What What are you watching now? Probably something. Uh, like that. No, I haven't really found anything yet. Hmm. But I used to watch. Uh, I used to watch The Bachelor. It's kind of the same thing. Every Tuesday, basically, basically the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I just like yeah. the. I just like the the mutual recognition of the walk of shame. Mm-hmm. You know where you're. I've done it before. Two in the afternoon in Montreal. You've woken up, you look like shit, and you're trudging across the snow. And then you see that other girl that you also know from your class, and you cross each other. The cursory like, oh. nod. Yeah, exactly. You go, yes. Walk of shame. <laughs> you're not going to the library. You're no. doing, <laughs> you no. literally. It's a terrible walk, and- isn't it? And you walk out, and you're like, thanks, Barbara. That was a great night. She's like, it's Stacy. You're like, okay. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> Yeah, the only thing that's saving you maybe um, or the saving grace when you're in the Olympic Village is everybody's kitted out in the team colors, right? So you're rotating through, I don't know, five outfits. So the walk of shame, the timing of it, you know, the bleary-eyed look, the, the also the shameful look in your eyes is a giveaway. But it's concealed a little bit by wearing the same clothes, not as apparent, right? because you're still in the same shorts and t-shirt that you probably would have worn anyway the next day. So that you have that in your favor. And they're about, wasn't it, wasn't it a same bolt? <laughs> Inside bolt. out. And your hair is a mess. Yeah. <laughs> the same bolt. Didn't he stumble upon the, uh, the Swedish volleyball team or something like that? There's, he was in the hot tub with them partying with the Swedish volleyball team. Just, oh, I don't know. I didn't see that. Same bolt. My God. What a legend. Did he call Amazing. it a hot tub? A hot tub. Forget about his world records. He's sitting in the hot tub with a Swedish. Well, that was a world record too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope. I hope he doesn't shag the way he runs because that'd be awfully quick, wouldn't it? <laughs> 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 not not yeah. a great start, but a great finish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he goes through the whole Swedish team in ten point what two seconds. Yeah. Just, oh know, boy. Nine five eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you it literally takes him a while to get up yeah. so tall it does right you watch the I'm same sorry, are those are sprinting arms what is They're happening same sprinting arms yeah he <laughs> <laughs> does you watch him sprint he's so big what six foot five right for a sprinter so so big so his starts are never great takes him a while to get up into his and then oh, by about 30 40 meter mark boom gone just takes over right yeah that's the most incredible athlete I've ever seen in my life. He really is. Like most, one of those, I mean, listen, you see great athletes, you know, you, you know who they are, but I don't think anyone has like just made me go, holy crap, this guy's just on a different planet. The way he moves, a guy that size, he just is just staggering. I want to see him run backwards. Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, you, you say he's the best, like, best athlete like ever. And it's like, well, can he run backwards? Uh, yeah, I, I bet he can pretty well, but it's, it's, we'll have to, let's get him on the show and ask him. Didn't, he should have backwards sprints at the Olympics. That should be the new thing. Why yeah. not? And didn't they have him out on a on a pitch? Like, yeah, he, I was going to say. Like, I know, yeah, I don't know if he tried game. out, but the, he went and had fun, and he he didn't look completely out of place or anything. He looked like he was. He's a huge fan. He's a huge United fan. Man United fan. Massive. He's trained with them before, mm-hmm. and I think yeah. he did try out. Yeah, it's one of, one of those things. You know, oh, when I retire, I want to become a professional footballer. Never going to happen. But uh, it's good. They kept playing in the feet. He's like, no, play me in the space. (laughs) (laughs) But remember when Ben Johnson and Maradona hooked up because Ben Johnson was going to help train him? He trained him, yeah. Trained Maradona. I'm just like, what kind of chemicals were going on with those two? He also trained Omar Gaddafi's son. 
That's right. He was a professional that's, footballer. That's where we, we saw him. We played Libya and we walked in a hotel and Ben Johnson was there. Oh, way. Really? Came over, had a chat with us. Yeah. Good happy son was playing in that game, right? Yeah, that was that was remember the the substitution. It was the longest substitution in the world where he went and shook everybody's he hands. Shook he went everybody's hand on every every team and the referees and every player. We looked at the referee. We're like, "Hey, get him off!" And the ref looks at us like, "Are you having a fucking laugh? You tell him to get off." <laughs> <laughs> we're like, "Okay." So he shook everybody's hands. His own players went to the official, went to the. Uh, the, the ref's assistance, both sides, down to both goalkeepers. Concessions. Then, <laughs> it, I'm telling you, you should see the video. It, it's the longest substitution you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and were they winning? Were they leading at that point? Was no, it strategic we, at least? <laughs> we we won. Okay. But he was, it was ridiculous. Nobody said anything to him. You couldn't because you would probably not leave the stadium. I actually interviewed Ben a couple of times. And, and the last time I interviewed Ben was at his spiritual advisor's mansion right? This huge, great place. And after the interview that night, I got an email from his spiritual advisor saying that he had literally just spoken to God. And he's got a message from God to me about, thanks for the interview. I know you'll do right by Ben and, and you're a good person. We'll do well in life. We need a donation step. Yeah. That went thanks. to shit, didn't it, Charms? Yeah, but clearly... If ever there's evidence, there's no, there's no God. There, there you go. <laughs> hey, look at your glasses. They're not weird, askew. Though. No, these are my old ones. Oh. Oh, God. Yeah. I know. Different prescriptions. I've got a terrible headache right now. Oh, no. <laughs> you looked hilarious in the last episode. Though. <laughs> I know. He looked like Austin Powers after he shagged. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you mention it. <laughs> Um, listen, we've got Mark Noonan coming up in, uh, in a few minutes. So we get to some footy picks? Are you ready? Yes, sir. DJ Melody. It's for DJs. It's for DJs. It's for DJs. It's for All right, footy picks. Uh, lots of games. Courtesy Fubo TV this weekend. The Prem down to its penultimate weekend. I love that word. Penultimate weekend. So that means the very good the last. Word. Yeah. It's great. Um, There'll be some midweek games as well, obviously, some teams and games in hand. But uh, some biggies. Um, hey, Amy, were you uh, doing the Montreal game midweek, the Cincinnati game? No, I was on pregame only. Oh, just pregame, okay. So Montreal this weekend up against the Red Bulls, who, who tied TFC nil-nil in a dour affair midweek. Was um, it? Yeah. Nil-nil. I mean, listen, they didn't lose. I suppose there's that. But, I mean, if you look at the starting 11, I mean, my word. <laughs> Richie was great, by the way, once again. Um, team of the week? that's really about it. It really is. Um, the, the 11 was just the destroyed. He, uh, his loan deal's up, eh, pretty soon. Yeah, in June. Yeah, in June. Be interesting. There's no buyback option. I mean, there's obviously, they can buy him. Um, but it'd be interesting to see what Forrest do. Speaking of, before that, let's get Richie back on the show. Who, was, who had his email? We, we had him on the show when he was at yeah. Forest. Yeah. We got to get him back on. Yeah. No, we definitely sure. do. We can try. Absolutely. I'm not sure if, he wants to talk he, right now. If, I mean, if Larea goes, we're in, TFC's in trouble. He's the only one yeah. creating things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a right back, by the way. The you're right back who you're relying on. I get the feeling, though, that, that Bernadeschi adores him. Not only his play, but I think there's like a real kinship there. Because mm-hmm. he does all the running for him. Well. <laughs> I think he likes him, though. Mm-hmm. He's, I think he's a pretty likable guy, isn't he, Richie? I mean, I don't know. 
aside from this podcast and a couple of interviews, but one of those teammates, he seems he's pretty, pretty popular, right? He's a lovely guy. Lovely guy, yeah. Richie. So uh, anyway, so TFC are in the action against Austin, Red Bulls, Montreal, Vancouver, Seattle. First place, Seattle. Um, do you want to start with MLS and, and give us some, uh, some picks here, people? Let's start with you, Craig. What do you think? Well, TFC seem to be on just very good opportunities to pick up on draws. They've drawn a lot of games, not winning many. So I like the draw. Let me see what this mm. is paying. Let me find this. Hang on. Hmm. Yes, three, uh, where is MLS? Why can't I find MLS? To one. And I, I think um, CF Montreal, they beat Red Bulls in April. 2-0, kind of the beginning of that run where they were unbeaten on the 2-0 scoreline. But Red Bull, since they uh, sacked Struber, they've got a win in U.S. Open Cup and they won the New York Derby. They they beat NYCFC. So they're on the up. Um, so it's going to be a tough away game for, for CF Montreal. So I think I like the draw there as well. I know we avoid <laughs> my link with the club and, and laying bets, but I, I think the climate and the, the atmosphere around the team, I think they, they bounce back after that lost to Cincy and they have a better performance in New York. Yeah, there's always good value in draws, right? Plus 250 in that one against uh, New York this weekend. Um, if when you start wrapping in over or under, you can start getting some better value, of course. Low scoring one, under two and a half, combined with, uh, with a draw in that one, that'll pay you plus 310. So that is worthwhile. Uh, as for TFC, they are plus 275 dogs in this one against Austin. Austin, uh, minus 109. And uh, Craig, you mentioned drawing that one, plus 265. Mm. So another nil-nil. Would I think Vancouver... You... Oh, sorry, Sherms. I think Vancouver is in tough against Seattle. That's going to be a tough game. Tough yeah, Vancouver, a couple of losses now, right, on the, on the hop? I can't see them winning that game. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they're at, they're at home, right? Seattle are plus 215 to win that one. And Vancouver is plus money, right? It just shows how, how good Seattle is, right? At home. Seattle aren't actually killing it this year, though, are they? In first place. Oh, yeah. First place oh. in the middle. Third overall in the whole league. So they're doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, right. they're, they're on fire. They're doing really well this year. <laughs> You know what? TSC is still the odds on to uh, finish the best of the Canadian teams, plus 110. Oh, really? Yeah. Montreal's, this is back in October 20th. This is interesting, actually. October 20th is including playoffs. You can get Montreal at plus 275 to be the best of the Canadian teams. Hmm. That might be something you look at because these are dated, these odds. Yeah. They got no chance until they get all their players back. No, no, exactly. But it's a long season. And like we said before, they're on, what, 13 points, I think it is? Still just, uh, what, a handful of points away from the playoffs. Yeah, it's tight. You get two wins, you're back up there. You also have to look with the addition or the insertion of that month-long Leagues Cup and how that might swing things, right? So there's, it's always been the argument in MLS, the season's long. So no matter how you start, no matter how you're faring, even now, um, mid-May, that you still kind of have a chance, especially now with the expanded playoff positions. But mm-hmm. then you add in that month. So for a team like TFC, who's struggling so much, not only with form, but especially with injuries, 
that might be a huge help. That's a great point. Yeah. And listen, also players available who are out of contracts in Europe, uh, end of June, right? So it could be, a, you know, I don't know what they have money wise right now. They say they're all capped out and they are capped out, but are they tapped out? There's always ways to find holes in, in that agreement to get more players in. Right. And if they are desperate, they can always uh, find some more talent as can any team in, in MLS uh, later in the summer. Um, Premier League wise, Forest Arsenal's pretty interesting, eh, Jimmy? Don't you think? Yes. Massive, massive <laughs> for both teams, right? Arsenal lose, then City win the championship, right? So, Jimmy, are Arsenal- you okay? Are you all right today? I'm all right. <laughs> you are? Okay. A little bit sleepy. Jarvis just said capped out and tapped out. That could apply to you today, I think. Could either sponsor the Walk of Shame at the Olympics or it could be sponsoring Jimmy Brennan today. Capped out and tapped out. That was his own bolt too after the Swedish (laughs) volleyball team excursion, I think. I I fancy a draw. Yeah, you do, huh? Yeah, I fancy a draw. I think they'll get something out of it. You need more than that, do you not? No, I think a draw and we're good for survival. Okay. Well, it's actually a good It's a good time to play from play against Arsenal. Absolutely, it is. Because yeah. they know they're done. They're not winning it now. I yeah, think it's going to be a crazy game. Football. A chaotic game, don't you? I mean, listen, like I said, Arsenal, they can't lose. They've got to win this thing to stay, have any chance of holding on, even though it's probably not going to happen. Forrest, you know, listen, they're, they're desperate. A win and, and 37 points, I think probably safe. Right. Sure, Last time they played, Arsenal won five nil. It's at Forest, much better team at home at Forest. So yeah. if you take Arsenal winning this and over three and a half goals, which I think is quite possible given, you know, all the form, that's that's plus two ten. That's pretty decent, pretty decent money. But yeah, I, I can see absolute chaos in this one. Yeah, I hope to see chaos in this one. I think it'll be a great match. Uh, any other games you want to get to in this footy picks edition? Well, Leeds West Ham, that's going to be a good one, isn't it, Forrest? Leeds, yeah, with Sam coming back to West Ham. I think yeah. West Ham kind of concerned with that before they got the Manchester United result with that win. Now it's not so important. West Ham can concentrate now on the Conference League final. Woohoo! Yeah, Leeds, Leeds, Leeds have to win it, right? They've got to win it. It's plus 188 for Leeds to win this one on the road. It's probably a pretty good time to put some money on Leeds, actually. What are they paying, Sharps? Plus 188. That's not great value, though, is it? Not, it's is not, it? no, it's not. It's still decent, but I mean, yeah. I mean, for a game this close with what Leeds have to play for and West Ham, like you said, they've, they're safe and they've got a bigger fish to fry in the Conference League. Coming off a Thursday tilt, there'll be some players rested. I can yeah. definitely see Leeds uh, picking yeah. up a really important three points in that one. Yeah, I could too. By I the way, too. by the way, Craig, the, uh, you, you posted it. The uh, the skirmish, more than a skirmish, actually, oh, after yeah. the uh, Azed Alkmaar match at the whistle and the ultras from Alkmaar trying to get into the, the friends and family section of the West Ham support. And there's this, he looks like such an East Ender. He's called Nalsey. <laughs> Nalsey, yeah. well known in the fan base, just laying in the boot in and, and keeping these guys off. All these balaclava guys in black. And there's this big old East Londoner not having it at all. <laughs> not to condone yeah, violence, but in this situation, he had to. He had to get physically involved. And it, oh. it was incredible. 
It was incredible because obviously if there was five of them could get at Nosey at one time, he would have been down and out. But because he was at the top of this narrow staircase, there's a hundred or so of these balaclava, they're just hooded young guys coming up the stairs and he's rinsing one guy out after another. He took a couple, but then he would just lay them out and there were guys falling down the stairs. I mean, it was, he's a fucking super superhero, isn't he? <laughs> it was amazing. A huge boiler on the guy too. Not athletic at all, but he had his hands on either railing and then just leaning in, kicks to the balls, like just doing everything, right? <laughs> Laying the boots yeah. on these guys. Yeah. They're the and, guys though. They're the hobmen, right? The true hobmen. He was ill recently and uh Declan Rice actually a few months ago, I think, uh, put out a note to him just to wish you well, blah blah blah. And all the fans that know him so well, they say they've never seen him raise a finger on anybody. They say he's the nicest bloke in the world, but he obviously knows a little bit of boxing from when he was younger. And he's not the fittest lad, but he was just absolutely freaking Deadpool. He was like, super- <laughs> <laughs> he, he had a he had a hip transplant, hip replacement surgery. Oh, is that what it was? Holy shit! <laughs> a few years ago, apparently, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's just oh, just wow. crazy scenes. And listen, you don't. I mean, it's appalling the the behavior of the the Algmar fans. They've got a reputation. Those ultras, a bad reputation, as, as do a certain element of West Ham fans too. But uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you can't help but respect the dude. He gets involved in. There must have been fifty of these balaclava numpties trying to get out of them. There was absolutely zero security, and people were looking around. Where's the police? Where's the security? Why is this happening? It could have got really ugly. If it wasn't it for him done, just yeah. eating the snot out of everybody, it would have been really, really bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's move on, shall we? Um, as, as promised, we've got a special guest today, CPL Commissioner, CSB CEO, Mark Noonan, back on the show for the first time since I think your first week in the job. Mark, welcome back. Yeah, I think I've lost a lot of hair. It's gotten grayer <laughs> since then, and uh, <laughs> it's good to be back. Thanks for having me. I was going to say, like, when we Welcome spoke to the, the last time, <laughs> you, you were fresh, you know, looking forward to the job, and then a lot of stuff's happened yeah. the last year or so. Um, honestly, what were you expecting this kind of firestorm on, on, on numerous fronts when you took the job? Yeah, I mean, my first boss uh, kind of put it to me pretty quickly. He said, you know, we get paid to solve problems, and you know, we, we have some problems. We're going to continue to have problems. And that's uh, it, actually not a bad thing. It means people care and that there's things to, uh, to discuss and have dialogue on. It certainly has been challenging and it's been frustrating in a lot of cases because, you know, I wanted to see the sport of soccer compete against baseball and basketball and football and hockey and everything else. I don't want to see the sport of soccer competing against itself. And that's that's the thing that's most frustrating. And, um, yeah, I'm hoping that, uh, that we can all join together as we head into the, the, the Women's World Cup this summer and then head toward the Gold Cup in 2026 you know, as, as one sport. Well, let's start with the CPL, shall we? Obviously enjoying his fifth season, ups and downs the last uh, number of years. Um, and up very much right now is Vancouver, making its debut this season. Yeah. So far, it seems like to be a big success, albeit very, very early. Let's get your thoughts just on the Vancouver's addition to the league. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, not not only is it a, a, a new team in an important market, but uh, you know it's led by by Rob Friend, and so here is a decorated Canadian international who's transitioning from uh, being a great player to being an owner in his home country and building a cathedral to the sport with his money. And 
you know, I think uh, Rob and, and, and Josh Simpson, these guys have got to be celebrated and recognized for giving back to the, to the sport. And, you know, building leagues is really hard. And it takes a lot of money and it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort and, and you're going to make some mistakes. But, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, one of Canada's own has come back and built a built a, a cathedral in, in, in Vancouver and um, is, is giving back to the community. It's just such a such a thing that I don't think is celebrated enough. Well, Mark, yeah. you're certainly right about the, the, the sport feeding on itself and shouldn't and we shouldn't be doing that to each other. But that's really something that we've seen historically in this country that that sort of things happens and happens, unfortunately. And battling through that is obviously a challenge. Uh, what is the latest on York United? Is there some uh, groups coming in or interest in that uh, in that uh, organization now? Yeah, uh, there's there's a lot of interest in in the league itself, which uh, you know York is an opportunity, as as we all know, that we need to correct, and we're doing that. And uh, the reason why. Um, we actually made the deal with York's former owners is that we wanted to make the transaction as smooth and seamless as possible. So a, a new ownership group can deal directly with me and my leadership team and in our board rather than it being convoluted with a, a, a third party. So it's been business as usual at, at York. Um, and it's uh, yeah, the, the, the conversations that we are having around not just York, but around the league uh, are as positive as I've seen since I've been, been in this seat. Would, the, would I, the goal be to keep York in Toronto or would you be looking to move that franchise into another, another city? Yeah, the, the goal is, you know, you, you know, Toronto's the fourth largest city in, the, in North America. You know, we, we can have more than just York in Toronto, but the goal is to have great ownership playing in the right facility with the right conditions to be successful. And, you know, we're in the process of uh, considering all options, whether that, you know, continuing it at, at Lions Stadium, perhaps going to a different venue, perhaps building a new venue. Uh, you know, part of that depends on the new ownership that comes comes into that the market. But uh, we're open to building a sustainable businesses wherever those are. Yeah, I mean, there was hope, obviously, with Edmonton, too. So, sorry, Craig. Um, there was hope with Edmonton, too, right? It didn't work out, obviously. Had to move on from, yeah. from Edmonton. So you are confident, though, that, you know, there will be football, if not necessarily in that stadium, York will be yeah. an entity uh, this time next season? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're confident in that, um, where, where we sit right now. And, and, and you know, some people have heard me say this before, but um, 20, 21 years ago, when I was at uh, Major League Soccer, I authored the press release folding Major League Soccer. Uh, at the time, we had 12 teams, and thanks to a guy named Phil Anschutz, um, we decided to uh, only fold two teams, Miami and Tampa. And we went down to a 10-team league uh, where you could buy a franchise for $5 million U.S. Um, Phil Anschutz himself owns six of those teams. And we only had two other owners, Bob Kraft and, and Lamar Hunt. Uh, yesterday, MLS announced a new uh, expansion franchise in San, uh, San Diego for $500 million. Um, you have to take a couple of hits along the way in order to, 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 to grow a league. And, 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 and we've had to do that in Edmonton and in York, but uh, I've never been more bullish or confident in our ability to continue expanding this league, uh, learning those lessons that we've learned so far. 
You know, Mark, when you look at fan experience, we talk about that in Hamilton or uh, Halifax is a really good example of that. You know, you got this beautiful little stadium is tight. You got a fan experience around it. So you, you build literally a party around uh, an event and then a soccer game breaks out. When a young league, what you have here, is that important to build that? Because, <clears throat> excuse me, I look at York United and that whole, just the university setup there, there's, it's not really a place where you can tailgate or there's bars around or that sort of thing to sort of have that experience. Is that something important? Edmonton was the same. You know, they're out there by Commonwealth Stadium. It's, a, it's just a really dour kind of area. There's nowhere really to, you know, to gather. Um, but the places with that fan experience seem to do very, very well. Uh, is that important uh, moving think, forward? Yeah, I, I think it is. It's all, all about it's all about providing you know, value for the entertainment dollar. And in a place like Halifax, we're fortunate of the, the location of where that stadium is. Um, you know that people can go and you know walk down to their favorite pub and then go to the game before and after. And you know that does make a that does make a difference. And that's going to be a consideration. Uh, both from an expansion standpoint and whether we, you know, what we might do with, uh, with with York, but when you can have when you can have that uh, combined with, uh, with with great football on the field, it absolutely mm-hmm. makes a make, makes makes a difference. But you know, I think first and foremost is you know we, we have to make sure that uh, that our product is right too, and that we continue to work on the actual football product, not just the entertainment value of that, but also the asset value of that. And, and, and we've, you know, one of the things that, uh, again, CPL is, is starting to do, we've placed, I think, five guys on the Canadian men's national team that have come and played in our league in, in, in a very short period of time. And as we expand that pipeline through our relationship with the you know, League One and operation of that, of that franchise and getting closer with the clubs that, uh, that are developing players, you're going to see more and more of that. That's going to help the product on the field but also help the Canadian national team as well as the asset value because ultimately we're going to have to sell a number of those good players to uh, more established leagues and reinvest that money back into you know, continuing to build out the product. Yeah, you mentioned League One. And that's, sorry, Amy, go ahead. I was just going to say yeah, the, the same link talking about League One and, and you, you do the comparison or talked about how that feeds into the national teams. So the Whitecaps, their elite team, their Rex team, just won um, the FIFA Youth Cup. And I was uh, I accompanied Quebec's version of that team uh, in France last month and very good results against mm-hmm. the likes of PSG. So it's clear that our talent stacks up against the talent in, in Europe and the rest of the world. But where we're lacking is that infrastructure after the fact. So you've been doing good work um, developing the League Ones, but how do we then apply that to then success and resources available to our youth national teams so that that pipeline that you talk of, or that you speak of is really robust and we're really feeding them into success and springboarding them into potentially professional careers or just successful national team tenures. Yeah, I mean, we can we, we can control what we can control. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm proud to say that there's been, I think at the highest level of League One, there's been 2,000 men play, men's players that have come through there. And 1,500 women's players, and if you look at the stats, about 10% of every one of those, so about 200 on the men's side and 150 on the women's side, have gone on to play professionally. And you know, we that that League One in 2014 had nine teams. This year, we're going to have 161 teams. Yeah, you know, we've we've rebranded uh, League One uh, Quebec 
from PLSQ to be lead, lead one Quebec. We're you know, doing a pilot in the Maritimes now, and we're working hard on the prairies to really make that uh, a, a, a fully national um, you know, development league. Um, we have hosted the first women's interprovincial national championship last year, which is going to continue at, at this at this stage. And uh, you know, we're doing we're doing what we can. Uh, by the same token, you know, trying to give as uh, as many opportunities at CPL to promising players, because the only way you get better is you know playing against really good good players. And you know, the nice thing about CPL is it's it's a pipeline, and as we add teams, that pipeline's only going to get bigger and bigger. And as you, you all know, players develop at different different ages too. You know, you, you you have some players that won't develop to the 22, 23 years old, but if they don't have that opportunity, then they'll never get there. And and I think what we are is is providing that opportunity. And obviously, you, you signed uh, Costa Smeniatos recently as well uh, to help on that development side of things. A uh, right. great hire, obviously. Um, has there been any conversation about? League One um, drop into a, to a U23 league at some point. I know Jimmy's mentioned this before yeah. um, to help the, the developments and the pathway. Yeah, I think um, uh, all of those things are, are in, in kind of our, our consideration suite right now. And that's one of the reasons why I hired, hired Costa because he has great experience in terms of build, what he did to build Sigma with his brother and what he's done at Forge. So he's got a pretty unique uh, viewpoint on how do you connect that pyramid from the from the grassroots all the way up through the professional level into the national national teams? So, uh, you know, that's part of his mandate is how do we connect that and how do we how do we take you know let's say some of the best uh, clubs within League One and can you continue to work with them to raise the standards? Whether that could whether that's facilities, whether that's broadcast, whether that's you know how they're how they're training players, whether there's competitions. Uh, so it's 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 a work in progress, but. Um, between uh, between Costa and you know guys like Josh and and Rob, we've got a lot of football minds thinking and working working on it. Mark, see with League One as well, a lot of the teams are operated by clubs, which are non non for profit organizations. Yeah. Um, and when you do raise the standards, a lot of the clubs find it difficult because of resources. Yeah. Um, do you think at some point down the line you'd be looking to maybe? take these franchises more or less away from the non-for-profit organizations and give them to individuals who want to own outright clubs? It's a, that's a great, great question, Jimmy. I mean, many of these clubs uh, exist through pay for play. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a model that's uh, pretty, pretty prevalent in Canada and obviously in the, in, in the U S and that not only is a challenging model, it, it certainly has the opportunity to exclude those that don't have you know, don't have the resources to you know to, to to enter that system. And so I'm not positive I've got the answer for you as we as we're talking right now. But um, you know anything that we can do to uh, uh, reduce barriers to entry, um, whether it's at League One or affiliating with our clubs and and making it uh, as cost effective as possible, we're going to we're going to we're going to do that. If you have any ideas, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. I'd love to share them with you. <laughs> well, we'll hook up the meeting pretty soon between two of you, okay? How about that? Right. Um, Mark, as mentioned you know, earlier, you know, so you arrived on the job uh, last year um, in, in this firestorm just erupts uh, player revolt with the CSB being, being front and center. Um, in your opinion, it's been mentioned already, I know, but, but does the current deal need to be revised? And if so, 
How far along are you to revising the CSB deal? You know, CSB has been used as a pawn in a labor negotiation. Let's call it what it is. And I am sick and tired of CSB getting bashed. CSB is the creator of over 500 full-time soccer jobs in this country. CSB is the reason why we can continue working to expand League One. CSB is giving opportunities to the likes of Drew Becky to continue his playing career and then move into the front office or Jordan Wilson to move into broadcasting or Jelani Smith to go into, you know, continue his technical career. And as it relates to the, the agreement, um, you know, we have made many overtures toward Canada soccer, including one very specifically on March 7th of this year to the former secretary general that I wrote under, even though we're under no obligation to do so, here's an opportunity that we think we can, um, we can help. And I'm still waiting for a response to that. And so the ball is in, in Canada soccer. We want to do our part. Um, we think we can play a, a really important role, but at the end of the day, this is a labor dispute. You know, and you know, we, we're not at all involved with that. Yeah, you know, we've 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 offered to to help in any way we can, but we are you know, that's between Canada soccer and the men's and women's national teams. Is it about increasing the amount of money that's provided to Canada soccer by CSB? Because is it realistic to expect them to run their national programs on ballpark four million dollars a year? That's you know Amy, um we have made an offer that would increase the money going to Canada soccer, even though we're under no obligation to do so. And we're a fraction of the revenues that go into Canada soccer. So we're being used um, and accused of doing things that are, are so opposite of what's happening uh, in, in, in the real world. And, and, and it's because it's a, a labor dispute, you know, WestJet and its pilots just fortunately, uh, you know, got it got a deal done late last night. But even you know something like something like that, it's contentious. It's hard. It's emotional. Um, and but for us to be positioned as the bad guys, it, you know, couldn't be further from from the truth here. And that needs to stop. It yeah. absolutely needs to stop. That that's fair, but I think you also have to look at the recent success with the men qualifying for Qatar the women being Olympic champions, and then there not being tangible increases in revenues in terms of what CSB is responsible for bringing back to Canada soccer. So why is there um, not the increase that you expect to see and, and who's responsible for that increase you know, not being there if it doesn't exist? Amy, you, you, you don't know what the, 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 the particulars of the deal are. There are bonuses that are built in there. There's increases go every single year of that, of that deal. And we proactively went to Canada Soccer with an offer to open up and add even more money, which I, I believe would add a considerable amount. Um, so there, there are discussions that are going on right now uh, with the with the leadership that we hope are going to be productive, but by the same token, um, players want to be paid, right? And I respect that. I'm a washed up player. Many of you guys are. I got a brother who's still an active coach, and coaches always want bigger bigger budgets. I, I don't know a coach who doesn't want more resources. <laughs> I don't want a player or a player agent who doesn't want more money in their players' pockets. 
if all the money's going into one pocket, you can't complain that there's less money in the other pocket. And, and so there's a finite amount of resources, no matter what we do at CSB, there's a finite amount of resources that Canada soccer needs to decide how do we best serve our mission? And part of our mission is, is paying our national team players to honorably represent the country and giving them the tools that they need to be successful. Part of our mission is working with the, 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 uh, the provincial soccer organizations to grow the game. Part of our mission is, uh, is to grow the game at all levels. And how do I balance that? And that's really something for Canada soccer to do. You know, we provide one piece of funding, a small piece of funding in the grand scheme of things to Canada soccer. They decide what to do with the macro piece of, piece of funding. And, and candidly, if the players are being paid um, to represent their country, um, and then you know, things like business class airfares and private chefs and all the things that uh, are necessary to have great programs, um, you know, there, there, there's only a finite amount of money there. And so Canada soccer has to make trade-offs in order to make that, make that happen. I think you said there March 7th was when the proposal was put to Canada soccer. He's still waiting to find out, mm-hmm. uh, get a response. Obviously there's been a big leadership upheaval, you know, right. between probably between March 7th then and, and today or close to it. Um, w- would you consider that the relationship between CSB and Canada soccer is being acrimonious at, at all at, at this point? It seems odd they wouldn't get back to you by this point. No, I mean, obviously there's been a lot of changes over there. And, um, you know, it's, uh, that, that's, that's well documented. And now you've got a uh, Charmaine uh, who's been elected permanently for the, the remainder of the, of the term. And um, you've got a, a new acting secretary general. Um, and so now that that has been you know, decided and solidified, um, then uh, we're, we're hoping to get, uh, get, get some feedback on how we can be helpful. But we're, you- so we're, not, we're not the bad guys here. We are doing our part, but recognize that we are only one piece of the puzzle and part of the, one part of the equation. And, and if you look at um, what we are investing to build the game, there's not a single one of our investors who's ever taken a dollar out of this. In fact, as, as, as well documented, they're over a hundred million dollars in the hole. And so, um, you know, for us to be positioned as the bad guys, um, is, is really unfair. It needs to stop. I think that you're in a certain points there. You're, you're absolutely bang on Mark, especially when you look at our budget nationally, we, unfortunately we're next to the United States and we compare ourselves to them far too often there are tens of millions more dollars in their budget than we are and there's only so much to go around what are we at about 30 million so if the players are going to take a massive chunk of that and they want champagne money um you're going to get beer quality you know facilities and and uh getting ready for tournaments you just the money's just not going to be there i don't believe there's a pot of gold in canada sitting there somewhere either that is going to increase massively. So there is a, a negotiation go around by uh, everybody, including the players, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. because it just isn't enough. Uh, we want to work on our youth programs. We want, you know, which is so important for attracting players, potential players that could play for Canada. 
We don't have yeah. that money. We don't have enough money to prepare the women properly for the World Cup. Because there's, an, there's just not that money around. And I think the economics of it need to be understood by a lot of people, including the players. And there might have been some issues along the line. But the bottom line is that there's a, this isn't going to be a massive increase in budget in Canada over the next few years. I, I just don't see it. No. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 is, it, it is what it is. Uh, I, I was shocked uh, when I came into this more, I used to run integrated marketing for Gatorade in in the U S and I saw the size of our Gatorade deal here. And I'm like, where's the rest of it? And particularly with the benefits that we were giving them. And, and, and I, I was like, wait a second, that can't be, that can't be and like, no, that's, it's actually a pretty good, pretty good deal relative to uh, the size of the market. So I had to adjust my own expectations. Um, but um, you know, it's a it, it's it's not an easy solution uh, for any for anyone here, and I think all all, all parties have to do their part and, and and make sacrifices, and that's what we've we've tried to do as it relates to uh, you know voluntarily going back to Canada soccer. Here's how we would like to contribute and 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 help, and we're just waiting for a response on that. So to, to that end, you talked about when the women were in the she, uh, she Believes Cup and then forced back to work. Um, and you talked about wanting to be an ally, perhaps working with Canada Soccer to provide a stadium for a send-off game. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, if you know that's halted because Canada Soccer hasn't gotten back to you, how do you think you position the CSB and yourself in, in regaining trust from the fans but also from the national team players? What are the steps that you take in order to advance in that regard um, can, can you restate that that question i'm not sure i uh, i understood it um well i talked about you publicly stating wanting to be an ally with the women's national mm-hmm. team and tangible ways to do that yeah, yeah. then i said mm-hmm. canada soccer maybe was preventing you from actively doing so but then well, i pivoted yeah. to um well you can answer that if you want but i pivoted mm-hmm. to how, how do you regain trust amongst the players but also from the general public I don't know how we we lost trust from the general public, and we've invested well over a hundred million dollars with zero return uh, in, into the sport. Um, we went to Canada Soccer, and, and we fundamentally believe that the women's team should have a send-off game on home soil. Um, and we offered you know, free stadiums and say, "Okay, we will give you this stadium for 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 a send-off game." Um, and it didn't. Uh, it, unfortunately, they didn't. Uh, it couldn't couldn't schedule it for whatever whatever reason. But we're trying to be an ally. We're trying to be helpful here. We believe that um, you know, that Canada soccer is 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 success is is our success. But we're we're, we're not the, uh, the 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 bad guys here. We're not the only people who are part of the solution. We all have to come together on it. And. Um, you know, we, we can we, we can make offers and if they don't get accepted, then so be it. But do you think it's fair to say that the public perception, whether it's true or false, is that you guys are the bad guys? Of course, of course, because we're you know, being used in a labor dispute. And you know, that's 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 yeah. the nature of these things. But We're almost out of time here. Um, so, so I mean, it's, it's fair to say though that there, there aren't like you know multi-million dollar sponsorship deals lining up on your desk, you know, piling up on your desk each day. How far away would you say Canadian soccer is to get into the point where those deals are being signed? 
you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that need to happen. There's these, there needs to be harmony. You know, right, right now we're, we're taking these little guns and pointing them at each other as opposed to saying this, this sport of soccer can be the biggest sport in Canada within 10, 10, 10, 10 years, I, I believe. But we have to, we have to get, get, get aligned and start realizing it's soccer against everything else, not soccer against, against, against soccer. And um, I can't tell you the, the damage that you know, this dispute is, is, is having in the marketplace. Um, you know, we've, I, I, I can just give you countless examples of you know, CIBC not wanting to be on the, the jersey that they've paid for because of the, dis- the dispute in some cases. Very tangible examples of, of um, uh, uh, labor uh, threatening partners who are trying to promote the game. Um, there are you know, players themselves who have taken money from CSB that are bashing CSB, yet they're happy to take money from CSB that we broker and put in their pockets, yet they're very happy to go in front of commissions and bash the, the, the big bad CSB because it serves their purposes. And that's got to stop. That has, that has to stop. There's nobody else in this country from any other sport we are on our own in this in this development. We have two major uh, communication companies with Bell and Rogers. Nothing's going to get achieved because we've seen this how decades, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. it's and, frustrating for sure. And you guys uh, have Mark- probably seen our CRTC filing, um, where we are going directly at that monopoly and mm-hmm. uh, you know spending a lot of time and a lot of money. Uh, uh, filing that CRTC filing, and uh, we're hoping it's going to, to to make a difference. But we're not just sitting back and letting it happen. And people, no, nobody wants to say, "Hey, CSB, great job! You're taking on the big, bad, uh, you know, distributors of content here who aren't doing the right thing by soccer." But it's easy it's easy to point the finger at at, at us as being the bad bad people. But we're spending millions of dollars on things like that. Yeah, how did that surprise you, um, shock you, frustrate you when, when you came here and saw what Rogers and Bell were doing to, to block, it seemed to block one soccer from getting to uh, terrestrial TV? That's a, that's a much longer discussion, but uh, <laughs> we, we, we need wider distribution of soccer content in this, in, in this country. I can, I can unequivocally say that, and we're work, working really hard to do that. And one soccer is doing a great job, so we just needed to get more widely distributed. Can I All get right, one listen- last one in? Sure. One last one, Amy. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Save my, my hardest I've, one I've got for to, the last. Yeah. yeah I've got to, uh, it's got to be quick because I have a, a hard stop now. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best. So as an American living in Toronto, do you enjoy it? Love it. Yeah. Love it. Great, great city, great people. Um, um, I, I wish I had more time to get to know it. Uh, I'm spending more, a little bit too much, too much time in, in, in the office uh, trying to, uh, trying to build this, uh, this wonderful game in this country. Well, Mark, thank you so much for this. Appreciate the time. I know there's some tough yeah. questions there, but uh, you know, questions that need to be asked. And uh, we'll have you back on, hopefully, in the near future. Yeah. Uh, I'd love it, and I really appreciate what you all do for the for the game. We, you know, we may not always agree, but we we have to come together and um, and build this sport because uh, uh, if we don't, nobody else will. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Mark. Really appreciate it. Take care. Thanks, that is Mark. Mark Noonan, uh, CEO of CSB and Commissioner of cpl uh interesting interesting chat there guys um 
I, I do. I mean, sadly, I'm not surprised or shocked that Canada Soccer have not responded to a proposal put by CSB. And then we, without knowing those numbers, who knows what that even looks like. But what were your thoughts on, on, on that specifically? I think that was probably the big thing out of that, that interview was that a proposal has been put to Canada Soccer who are yet to respond. And that was, what, two months ago? Yeah, I, I don't understand, really. You know, and I, I asked uh, Mark about, you know, who's responsible for, you know, haven't been able to capitalize on the success of our national teams in terms of revenue, but also just tangible evidence of it, whether, you know, you're walking around or like a feel or a, or a vibe. Um, so, I mean... Are they jointly responsible? Is it, but you know, if Canada soccer is CSB is coming at them with something that's technically positive and they're not getting back, like that's problematic. I know there's been a, a shakeup. There's been a changing of the guard, new people in, but how can you not be proactive? How can you not work on something? And, you know, maybe we don't know all of the details, but the women's world cup is, is coming up here. <laughs> you know, the, so the CBA is still, is still unsigned. Yeah. There, it's just there's so much unknown, and um, the, those women again, I've I've said it before, they're going to be expected to get results, even though they've been undercut and undermined, and and you know underfunded in the lead up to this World Cup, and that to me, you can point the finger squarely at Canada Soccer. I thought it was interesting as well, where he said we tried to help with a send off game, and here's a stadium, play the game in there. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not up to the CSB to organize that game. That's up to Canada soccer. Um, but I'm sure there's an awful lot that the CSB has done and put forth that we haven't heard about. So it was good to get a, a little bit of an insight. And I understand what you're saying. And he's mentioned it there too. We, we just don't have the money in this country. It's not America where there's 350 million people that live there and there's money to go around. Here, we're it's slim pickings trying to get anything. Oh, it's, it's true. I mean, it's sad. You, you speak to, I speak to, you know, fans of the game over here and, and they just assume there's these contracts and deals sitting there worth tens of millions of dollars for Canadians. It's like, no, that's just not the reality. I wish it was. Of course we do. Yeah. And maybe one day it will be, right? But like Gatorade's not dropping 50 million <laughs> on Canada soccer and saying, hey, we'll be your health, fitness, drink. No, yeah, we it ain't happening. We don't have the population. The value for, for those big companies is not here. It's down in the States. You're not getting that money. But it's better than what we're getting currently. So, you know, are we at a, a tipping point where it eventually is going to be more? I wish you would have spoken a little bit more um, openly and given concrete examples of, of how they could be doing a better job in terms of garnering that sponsorship. Yeah. Well, you look at Project Aid as well, the money that you guys are trying to generate. As much as you want to get millions and millions, it's, it's not happening at the moment because the, the sponsorship dollars are just not there. The value for these big companies is not here. But I think there's a marked interest for, for wanting to sponsor a women's professional league, you know, after all the Hockey Canada bullshit and, and you know, being let down in, in kind of your traditional sports. There yeah. really is an appetite to fund there's, there, there's an appetite for sure there is but at the end of the day when these individuals are putting down money their own money they want to see value and what's the return it's nice to have a gesture and say oh here's a couple million dollars you know put that towards your project but at the end of the day when they're talking 10 million 20 million dollars there's got to be there's got to be an roi otherwise they're not doing it 
Yeah, but it's not going to be an ROI tomorrow or next year or the year after. No, again, I'm repeating myself, but big leagues like the NBA, which are massive money makers now, suffered losses early on. There has to be investment, whether it's in a women's league or in a CPL initially, so that you eventually do see a return on your investment. You have to have that initial, um, you know, money being being put down and not expecting anything in return and, and expect losses but you have to put that investment in initially right but that that's that comes from an individual's pocket right now if you want to return and say okay you know we're hoping that in 10 15 20 years that's got to be a long-term project where they're going to say i'm willing to lose a hundred million dollars and hopefully things take off here in canada mm-hmm. and for even the league now the owners losing a hundred million dollars collectively I mean, there's only so much money to go around. I think that there is a part of it would be, I think with the women's push too, Jimmy, though, they've got on their, their side is the fact there's a goodwill here. There's a, it's a, it needs to be done. It hasn't been done. We as corporate, you know, sponsors of other sports and other things have not been there for the women. And now it's about time that we do. So there's a certain amount of goodwill. We're certainly going to need that goodwill to be able to make it work in the early years. So we, we just know that because we've seen that with the, the, the men's CPL. So, but I do think that there's potential there and looking at what, uh, well, Amy knows this inside and out and what we've seen with Diana Matheson, uh, she's doing some incredible work out there looking for that yeah. good. And I think she's had some success doing it. Yeah. She's got some good partners and don't get me wrong. I want, I want to see somebody come in there and go, there's 50 million for, for soccer in this country. Let's grow it. But, yeah. It's a tough ask, especially in today's today's market. Fun times, eh? Remember when Canada actually qualified for the World Cup and how great we 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 felt and wow, this is it, this is it. This is a tipping point, everyone. Men's, women's, we're gonna benefit. It's gonna be great. Wow, finally we have arrived. <laughs> Here we are. And never be more distant and separated, I don't think. Ever. Right in a shitter. Right in the shitter. <laughs> yeah. We're all trying to keep our heads afloat of those turds. Yeah. <laughs> there's a way out of that bowl though amy there's a way out of that bowl but it may take a few years <laughs> yep actually i have a funny story campbell um one of one of the twins we were going into the grocery store after soccer practice the other day and uh my husband makes smoothies every morning for the kids so he's like get bananas but also get some shitty bananas but i didn't think the kids heard like shitty bananas like you know the spotty ones that maybe our half off, right, that we freeze and put in the smoothies. And so we're in the grocery store and we'd split up and I was over in the veggies and Evie and Campbell were getting the, the bananas. And then I just hear, because there's hardly anybody else in a grocery store, Campbell going, Evie, don't forget the shitty bananas. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he heard. Yeah. So that's Can't where we are right now. Filthy mouths, Amy. Jeez, I mean. <laughs> yep, Canada soccer, shitty bananas. Right, but right bananas are better for you. The riper they are, the more healthy they are for you. Yeah, but for a shake. So, so you freeze your bananas, <laughs> do you? You freeze your bananas. Do you, you slice them first? Yeah, or just uh, yeah, because if you put them on in the freezer with the peel on, it's a it's a nightmare. So you mm. either have to slice them or you just kind of break them into big chunks and then you just put them into the blender frozen and it's great. Yeah, because I do mine fresh usually, but maybe I'll start doing that because often I throw out a black banana and it's like, oh, what a waste. Unless, of course, making banana bread, in which case. Banana bread. Yeah. 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 But slice that up and put, that in, put it in the freezer and there you go. Ready for your smoothies. Okay. I'm going to cut up my banana this weekend. <laughs> put it in the freezer. Poor oh. Tony. <laughs> <laughs> or lucky Tony. Hey. <laughs> There's not much to oh. cut up. 
No. <laughs> no. <laughs> three cuts. I mean, yeah, three it. cuts. Is Tony's nickname Lorraine by any chance? <laughs> Lorraine Bobbit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. Well, listen, that was a great show. Uh, I think we covered a lot today. <laughs> a lot. Um, but our thanks to Martin Noonan, especially, for, for joining us. Um, we know we'll, we'll reach out to Canada Soccer as well. Uh, I'd love to get Charmaine on the show. I'm not sure she'll come on, but uh, we will certainly make the request. Why shouldn't we? All right, everyone. That's uh, Footy Prime. We're back on Monday morning, recapping the weekend, the penultimate weekend oh, of the Premier League season. Twice. Twice. And I pronounced it beautifully both times, unlike Appalachian. All right. Have a good one, everyone. Laters. Keep buying your script. Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. Apoplectic.